is the Craggy Rugby Podcast, and I'm trying to finish the sweet. I'm Rob Murphy. This is William Davis. Good evening, Rob. What am I eating? Uh, you're eating a Fox's Glacier uh, Army and Navy cough sweet. Ooh, hardcore sweets from William would expect nothing less. The AJ Bell Stadium is empty, and I've never been at an away podcast where we have four people in the forum, but we do. We're at maximum capacity. Alan, do Hi, Rob. Good to have you here. Disappointing result. Yeah, but, you know, when you looked at the teams that were selected, the result that was expected, the bookies had it as a 14-point game. That's more or less what it was. Lindy McKenzie, you are very welcome along to our podcast here from Salford. I've taken the sweet out of my mouth so I can speak properly. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I kind of <laughs> chew it really. I tried to chew it really quickly and whew, that's some hot stuff. Okay, Dave Fids with us. Uh, good evening, everyone. It's... um. It's an interesting place, isn't it? It's a very smelly place, though, isn't it? Is it? Are we getting the smell? It's terribly smelly. Where's that coming from? It's coming from the central Manchester sewage works, which don't release any gas during game time. But the minute the match ended, they released some gas, and it's still around. Not much to do about nothing, really, because we've got to get into the game. Here's the story of the game from our commentary. William Davis was on co-coms with me, Connacht against Sale. And if you've just read the scoreline and you just switched on the podcast, you may not know that Connacht were actually doing quite well for a long period of time in this game. Connor Fitzgerald lines up this kick while we get back to the action. 15 metres in from the right-hand touchline for the left-footed kicker. 10 outside to 22. He's drilled it towards the post, as best way I can describe it, and he has got it. And you can hear the cheer there. I mean, it's a significant number of Connacht fans here. They've, they've congregated down near us. And that is a really good start for Connacht. 6-0. It's a good start. It's a solid start. It's funny because there was a little round of applause for the fans when they thought they were going to the corner. They won something more from their team. <laughs> they were saying here they announced the team 24 hours before they even had to this week to show that they were putting their full team out. They're trying to get the crowds out. It's been a bad start to the season for them. It has been a bad start to the season for them and it hasn't been a great start today. They, they've almost, they're almost unsure of what exactly they're trying to achieve, I think, a couple of times. There's been some very aimless kicking from them. Uh, they're still trying to establish their pattern. So... This is a good opportunity to get the game back to six each. They nearly take that right now. 13 minutes to go to halftime. Faf to Clerk with this kick for sale to level the scores. Connacht led by six points nil. Did have an extra man for the first uh, 10 minutes or so of the game because this man that I'm speaking of, the South African scrum half, had been simping for a deliberate knock-on. He's nailed his kick. He's some strike of the ball on him. He was maybe four from seven last week against Perpignan, but that was a couple of conversions probably out in the sidelines he's very much in the groove today and he's leveled it up six each connect won't be too worried by that scoreboard say it will be a little bit concerned but a bit more relieved that they're back in it connor fitzgerald kicks to touch line out five meters out to connect delahunt already has the call and his forwards are in position will it be Boyle again will they go for fienga at the front no they'll go for cannon in the middle cannon was barely down when sale started pushing underneath him connect are trying to get going Sale are trying to come through the middle. The mall is moving forward at a very slow pace within four metres of the line. Now it's starting to turn around. So Blade takes it out the side. He was almost away. He's clambered out of the tackle. Has he got over the line? He's so unlucky not to score there. He's recycling the ball as we speak. That was a chance. Just, could, just couldn't get his arm out to get the ball away, to get it over the line. Connick are in the corner though. One pass out. And they've got that dry in the corner. What a moment. Della Hunt. Absolutely excellent play. 
great little decision by Blade because they had been stopped and they had to get through on it. He couldn't quite get his arm disconnected from where he was holding the ball. He didn't panic, got the ball out. Delahunter's in in the corner. And that's their first visit to the 22 in attacking position. And they've come away with five points and an opportunity to make it seven. Connick's try score, Shane Delahunt to throw into a line-out. And it's rescued by Robin Copeland because it was definitely not accurate enough. Or certainly the timing was off. Colby Fienges tidied it up then when it came down. And now Delahunt is coming around to just smash it up in the centre. Middle of the field, 12 metres inside the sail half of the pitch. A lovely little bit of footwork there from Kyle Godwin to just get through the first tackle and get Connacht on the front foot. Fitzgerald's playing a 1-2 with Tom Farrell there and then giving it to Tiernan O'Halloran. Connacht are growing in confidence. You can hear it in the crowd beside uh, where O'Halloran was tackled as well. That's where a lot of the Connacht fans have congregated on the main stand. Good carry from Robin Copeland into contact. The phases continue from that line-out. Here's Farrell getting it out to Gannon. And uh, Cannon, I should say, James Cannon, is tackled on the 10-metre line. Comes back. Blade. Connacht just guilty there of, of getting into a muddle in midfield and they've lost possession. It's been picked up by Sale. On they go. Ball comes out from Sale and they're going to attack here now inside their own half of the field and they're over halfway. It gets all the way out. Looking to see if they get in in the corner here. This could be the try time. It is... Chris Ashton has got in in the corner a brilliant score from Ashton and uh, really really out of nothing Ashton has scored well he scored a lot of tries against Connacht for Saracens he just from the minute that ball started coming out it was starting to look dodgy for Connacht they had possession but they weren't really going anywhere with it and it just got it either got ripped away or it was just a pass that went to ground and picked it up and Sale moved it very quickly. And Ashton was in in the corner. And he, he actually didn't go in in the corner. He managed to move it a bit in field. So he's moved it about 15 metres to make this conversion kick a lot easier. And what did that take? 45, 50 seconds. And they've got themselves well back into this game now. An opportunity to tie it up at 13 points each. Yes, yeah, so the game started with two kicks from Conor Fitzgerald. Connick's young 21-year-old. Academy Aushaf has made a good impact. He has missed a kick, uh, first of all, which was after the sin bin for Faf de Klerk for a deliberate knock on. To be honest, it could have been a try for Connacht had he not done that. So that was frustrating. But Connacht didn't capitalise on the sin bin period any more than those three points. Yet they did add from Fitzgerald to go 6 0 up. Two bounties from Faf de Klerk got it level. Then that Della Hunt try after some great attacking play from Connacht and good pressure from the line out on the mall put uh, Connacht into a commanding seven point lead. But as we said, Chris Ashton with the late try in the corner, the touchline conversion from Faf to Clerk, matching the brilliant touchline conversion from Connacht Fitzgerald on Connacht's try. Sale Sharks, 13, Connacht, 13. The throw coming in for Sale. Their hooker, Rob Weber, throws towards the middle. Good work there from Brian Evans to just reach out. He is athletic in those line-out situations. Connacht trying to steady themselves. Trying to get the, the man with the ball and then bring him to ground. They've come through on that and Connacht have stopped that more. But Sale have got quick ball out and they're almost over the line. They're a meter from the Connacht line. Underneath the post. Connacht man on the wrong side. Faftekirk tries to buy the penalty. Ball comes loose and Connacht have got the turnover. Huge turnover for Connacht. What a moment for the Connacht team because it looked like Sale were in serious, serious trouble there. Dennis Buckley has the ball now. The butler was in there. There was a him that ended up doing it. Tom McCartney was in there as well. Ball's coming back. Can they get the clearance kick? Tiernan O'Halloran has dropped the ball. And it's going to be a five-meter scrum to uh, Sale. What a disaster from a Connacht perspective there. And a little bit of afters as well. 
I don't think he was expecting that ball at all. I don't think he was expecting the pass, but um, and it wasn't a very good one, but he finished up fly-hacking it. Back to Clerk, spinning the ball around like a basketball player from the Harlem Globetrotters, and before he feeds this ball into the scrum, the scrum is steady, and that's what Sale won. The ball is at the back, they have enough time to just get themselves positioned with Bowman at the base he doesn't normally play eight he's burst off the back of the scrum like he's an all-time champion in the position and he has scored sail lead it was coming the mistake from Tiernan O'Halloran and perhaps Caleb Blade in terms of the accuracy of the pass has been well and truly punished 13 minutes into the second half and you got to feel this is a this could be a massive turn well, 13-6 up is going to become 20 points to 13. That was very simple. He just picked the ball up and drove it forward. He didn't, wasn't really touched until he was over the line. Connick have got to really get, uh, got to really get at it now as fast as they can. Maybe the bench will have to be cleared a little bit. All right, Connacht will have a line out inside the sail half the field after the restart sail have kicked a touch. The next 10 minutes will tell us an awful lot. If Connacht do get a spark from Horwitz and from Maximo and a couple of replacements, anything is possible. But right now they're in a huge hole. 27-13 as we head back to studio on FM. We will stay commentating here online. Yeah, it's key now that they get the set-piece move in here. They, Tom McCartney's done okay since he's come on. It's the first time they've been actually in the sail half, really, with anything other than just defending for this for this uh, entire second half good throw from McCartney Connick have won the line and they've got it to the back line really quickly and straight away Horwitz into the game and making a break off the pass he's one more pass away they could be in Tyrion Halloran going towards the line Horwitz to O'Halloran and O'Halloran is stopped just short there's an intercept for Sale and Sale are going to go down the other end of the field Connick to try to scamper back Paul Boyle is trying to race across the field but it looks like he may be going away Sam, Sam James by chasing Paul Boyle has tackled him without the ball yellow card coming up for Boyle possibly a penalty try Connacht almost scored a try, an intercept for Sale. Now they're going to be down to 14 men, and that's the game, folks. Yeah, it was. Uh, Tiernan O'Halloran just couldn't get uh, get his legs motoring. Seems to have lost a little bit of pace. That was a fine opportunity. Horowitz saw a gap, went for it, sold, sold a bit of a dummy, soft shoulder, and gone. And it was. Very, this is a very tricky decision here because. He, I think he had kicked the ball away. He didn't. So therefore, obviously, he was tackled without the ball because I think he was concerned that he wasn't going to get over the line. But Boyle, no option. The yellow card is out. And uh, no worse than that. And it doesn't look to be a penalty try. But uh, Sale now in a, in a really good attacking position here. Sale scrub. Five metres out. Comes out from Faf to Clerk. The Clerk tries to get it infield. And there's a pass to Wilkinson. Oh, they really just haven't executed that as well as they should have. That's for sure. Connick got up and made the half tackles, but just the pass was behind. and It's slow ball. Underneath the post, five minutes out, though. No need to panic if they get one more pass away. James O'Connor gets it out. And Chris Ashton does the famous swan dive. And one of the Connick players tried to dive in underneath him as he did it. It's Mitchell. And uh, Sale players are pushing them off. Sale get the ball out the back of the scrum and they're tempted to try one last attack. They've knocked it on and that will be the final lap. Yeah, at the end it was a very comfortable win for Sale. They completely dominated the uh, second half. And from 13-6 up in the 38th minute, Connick didn't score again. Had one opportunity in the second half to score. It didn't happen for them. 
and it allows them uh, to go to 10 points in the group sale. They've had two bonus point wins. They're now driving the group. Connick will have to reconsider their position, see where they get set up for. Uh, they'll put this competition away now until December, when they're in home to Perpignan, and then away to Perpignan, back-to-back. Uh, that is games they'll be looking. They'll need 10 points in those games, I would reckon. So, they'll be back in Pro 14 action next week. They've, they've the experimental team in place here today, and you'd have to say it didn't really do its stuff for them. Uh, 34-13 is not what they would have wanted they played well enough in the first half to maybe get a little bit closer but the second half was a real lesson for them it's something they'll have to take on board physicality, a little bit of speed and Sale were pretty comfortable there they were comfortable really from 15-17 minutes into that second half Alan Deegan joins us for the post game show a comfortable win for Sale crucially in terms of the battle for top spot in this pool which you'd imagine now Sale are going to be uh, very much involved in they've got the bonus point and that's going to make life difficult for Connick they'll need to get 10 points now from Perpignan in December yeah yeah I suppose it was always likely they were going to get a bonus point when you looked at the way the teams were picked this week uh, and what what happened was as William said Connick not finishing out the half properly they lacked a little bit of experience they had a chance to put the ball down the field and they didn't do it they turned over sales scored it seemed to be like an injection of, of something into Kraft the Clark. He came and played like a world-class player, but in the first half, he wasn't. In the second half, he was incredible. He absolutely dominated everything that was going on. The forwards gave him a little bit quicker ball, and he made a huge difference in the half. And that his experience and ability just showed. And, and, you know, I think I saw Dave, Dave Finn made a man of the match because I could see what Dave was writing down below me. Um, and I would have given him almost a matter of match based on that 15 minutes because he completely changed the game. He was getting reasonable ball in the first half, but, you know, was was kicking it. He was kicking everything in the first half. In the second half, he obviously had a change of plan and his ability to do things at speed, make the right decision, quickly change the direction of where the player was going, made a huge difference to him. Well, he was helped by the fact that they had runners coming both sides in the first half. You off, I, I'm beginning, you would think now that that plan to kick was a deliberate policy. Yes. It was, they actually wanted uh, to either just move Connacht around a bit or they just wanted to get a foothold in the game. And, right. once, and once they once they got... It was Ashton who scored the try. I know I've dragged yeah. him off for that swan dive. But he got that try just on half-time, and that just seemed to give them the injection they needed. Connacht really didn't seem to have anything left after that. No, I think like, you're looking at a situation where, where English teams like to... And I, and I played a little bit of rugby over here. Not, not at a great level, but from what I've seen, it's, very, it's the same sort of thing. They want to dominate you. And those kicks were to do with dominating, putting Connacht under pressure, seeing what they've got. And they, you know, Connacht reacted and did, and did very well and sorted themselves out and got the ball and got into the lead. However, they were unable to keep it going forward. And this is where having that, you know, young Fitzgerald did have a good game for the most part, but he didn't dominate the game. He had a chance to dominate it. Connacht had enough go-forward ball, and he needed to dominate the game a bit more. He made his break in the first minute of the game, and then we never saw him run again. Um, and it needed a little bit more of that. It needed more pressure put on um, put on sale because they were really worried. But at halftime, you could see it; they were worried. They come out in the second half, dominate. I thought, like you, you've got situations where even then, if Tiernan doesn't drop the ball behind the goal line from a very good pass, looked like a solid pass. It seemed to catch his finger, 
He was holding his finger for a couple of minutes afterwards. He doesn't drop that ball. Connacht have cleared the lines. I think Connacht have a chance to win the game. Because Sale were beginning to really get on top of each other's nerves at that stage. They score a try and all of a sudden the game has gone away from Connacht. Second, and the second was compounded by that kick direct to from Fitzgerald, which Fafta Clark took quickly. Ball got recycled two or three times and they scored in the far corner. And that's it, game over. William, has uh, Andy Friend got it right? Do you think overall, realising that five wins will usually top you a pool in, in Challenge Cup rugby, so maybe this was the one to sacrifice? I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure he would say that he sacrificed this because I think you know they, they they came here to win. The difficulty is now they've really backed themselves into a bit of a corner, but they'll have to forget about this competition. This competition now just goes on the back burner. It's back to you know two games in the Pro 14, then have a break, then they got to go to South Africa, then they got Perpignan. I mean, it, it doesn't come round. It comes round very very quickly. We would like to thank the official Connacht Rugby Supporters Club for supporting the podcast. For the most detailed and informative travel news for away matches, check out the Supporters Club website at connachtlan.com. Membership is only €10 and includes a member's gift, exclusive merchandise and much more. Go to connachtclan.com for all your supporting needs. After the game, we got some post-game audio as we always do. Andy Friend coming up, followed by me chatting to Caelan Blade. Andy Friend, um, obviously a very, very different second half to the first half. It looked like Connick were in a great position, so maybe just talk us through how frustrating that change of pace was, especially after halftime. Yeah, it was frustrating. I thought at 13 all it was probably a, a pretty fair reflection of, um, of the first half. Uh, we talked about uh, the fact that uh, I felt you know, we, we could probably up the tempo a little bit there. I thought we had more running in our legs there than, than, uh, than they did. We felt that... Um, they probably wanted a slower game, uh, but we made a couple of pretty crucial errors, and we weren't weren't quick enough to fix those. And fair dues to to sale, they, they capitalised when they needed to. Would you look at that try just before half time as being a really really frustrating moment? It seemed it, it's obviously a pivotal turning point. Yeah, that was. You know, I think um, there was probably uh, two tries there that were, were really pivotal. Um, that one just before half time, and then uh, the first one after half time. Yeah, and they're, they're periods that we've been looking at in our game as to making sure we, we close out the half um, uh, better than what we, we did there again today. Yeah, so that's something we've really got to look at and, and then how we're starting in the second half. But as I said, fair juice to Sale, they did well with that. We're trying to interpret what you're thinking, so you can maybe correct me on this, but Osprey's next Friday night, it's a huge game in, in the conference for Connacht and were a lot of these changes with that in mind and do you think, are you happy enough with the balance and how it's worked out? Like? Yeah, listen, we've, um, you know, we've, we've talked about the depth of our squad, I believe we've got a healthy squad, mm. um, but we gave, you know, we gave another three debutants a, a chance there today or two debutants a chance there today and two other guys. Uh, got their first start there today, so yeah, they're great opportunities for us to to, to blood those blokes. Um, I thought young Connor Fitz did very very well, you know, for his second game in in, in the Pro League um, in the Challenge Cup, but uh, in, in Pro Rugby, uh, Colin De Butler, 80 minutes out there. Matty Burke had his first run out there today, looked pretty pretty good in the scrum there at the end. And David Horwitz uh, yeah, had his first run too. So, you know, they're opportunities for us. Um, but at the same time, that's that's not a reason we should be giving those games away. You know, that's, you know, we've got to make sure we're better than that. From a perspective of the way Sale play, was there anything that you noticed that just seemed to be, right, that's a bit different, we're not used to that and, and had an effect? They seemed to kick quite a lot in the second half, put Connacht on the back foot. Yeah, I, I thought Fafta Clerk was unbelievable. Mm. I thought he... I thought he controlled the game pretty well there from from the nine spot. He, yeah, crucial turnover there off the scrum. 
uh, in the start of the second half there too. Um, he kicked his goals. I thought he was clever there. Uh, you, know, you know Ashton's going to be good on the wing if, if the ball gets out there. I thought our defence held up well on 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 uh, a lot of occasions, but you know, when um, when they got the ball to those speeds, they were pretty good. Just find it is a massive game, obviously, in the context of the conference against the Ospreys next week. Uh, how how much of an effect might this have on it? Oh, listen, we're, we're a resilient bunch. You know, we just talked there about the disappointment in the way we controlled things out there in the second half, and we allowed decisions uh, to affect us more than they needed to. Um, you know, and that's something we, we'll have to have a, a, a real good look at because you know we, we pride ourselves on controlling what we can control, and if other things outside of our control start to get under our goat, then uh, you know, we've got to look at what we're doing. So um, we probably didn't control that as well as we needed to today. Connex, uh, Captain Caelan Blade is with us. First and foremost, there's a lot of disappointment there because from a good position to a very disappointing defeat uh, at full time. Yeah, look, uh, going into halftime, we were, we were just after uh, conceding a try, but I thought we were in the driving seat for most of the, most of the first half and the first 10 minutes, but we just lost our way a bit in the, in the second half there. And our 50 to 60 minutes, I think we, uh, we just lost our way a bit. Yeah, I think they control the game a small bit better in, in, that, in that passage of play, and it cost us with two tries. You have to feel that that try before half-time, they don't get that. Their frustration grows and Connick's confidence grows. Really. Yeah, and I think it came off a turnover where we were attacking again. So I think we, we spoke about it there. It was, it was a lot of our own mistakes mm. that, uh, that cost us in the end. But uh, look, we were, we were still well in the game at 13 all at half-time and to come away with, with nothing from the game is, is quite disappointing. Conor Fitzgerald uh, at 10 making his debut obviously Colin de Butler making his uh, debut when I say debut making their first starts and obviously off the bench then Matthew Burke those are good signs for Conor Rugby maybe start by just telling me how you felt Conor played alongside you and how he's learning yeah very well I thought um, I think the, f- the first play of the game I think he made a, a 40 metre break um, mm. but I've been training it's the first time I've trained properly with him, with him all week um, or this week, sorry. Um, but he, he's shown a great potential. I think he's a very skillful player, and I think he's going to take a lot of learnings from that too. It's his first start, and it was a tough game. But um, yeah, I think he's a bright future. Look, you've you've seen yourself. The pathway is there for young Connacht players as well. People are excited. I know from my own club in Ballon Row, people are excited that Matthew's got through. I know Ancoel took are so proud of what Colin de Butler is doing. Just that local link is important, isn't it? Oh, definitely. Um, I, was, I was just saying to the lads a while ago that it shows local lads there when they're working and the system is working um, coming through the academy there's, there's and as any friend has come in and he's given lads opportunities he's, he's not afraid to, for, to build depth in the squad I think that's the most pleasing thing that yeah they're local but they're also now a big big part of the squad and um, uh, they'll learn a lot as well from today Talk to me about what the captaincy means to you uh, just to get that opportunity today. Oh, it's massive. Uh, I was very honoured and, and humbled actually when I was, mm-hmm. when I was asked on uh, Tuesday um, to be honest, I didn't see it coming at all. But uh, it's something you kind of you dream of when you're younger to play for Connacht and then to get captain the lads today. Like it was, it was massive. Yeah, I'm absolutely delighted about it. Just pity about the results, but I'm delighted all the same. This Ospreys game is huge because they're a fellow conference ba- uh, team, and obviously with the perspective of what you're trying to achieve to get to the playoffs, get Champions Cup rugby, it's a big game next weekend. Yeah, massive game. Um, it's not an easy place to go uh, over there, and it's a six-day turnaround from today, so. There'll be. Uh, I'm sure the coaches will have a, have a good uh, sit down and think about the the squad that they're going to pick for that. But um, there's a few lads been rested today, or I wouldn't say rested, but they were left at home. And I think it's just 
really take our learnings from today and, and, and don't let that uh, creep into our game like happened today where we just lost our way in kind of in that 10 minutes, 15 minutes where we conceded three tries. But um, no, I'm really looking forward to it and I think it's an, basically an eight or ten point game in, mm. in our conference. So um, I'm sure we'll be ready for it. How much can today, will today have, how do, you, how do you try to make sure today doesn't have an effect? Because it is a setback and it's the first one for quite a while. Yeah, it is. Uh, winning becomes a habit, I think. Mm. And uh, but I don't think I don't think it's going to affect us that much. Uh, we're very disappointed. We'll be disappointed for the rest of the travel home now and stuff. But it's just moving on really quick. And uh, as I said, look at our own performances first, and then we'll come together on Monday and uh, we'll uh, we'll talk about the, the problems that we had today. But um, I think I think uh, we'll have them fixed by next week, and I'm really looking forward to it. That was the voice of Caelan Blade. You sat around for the sale press conference, William. Yeah, pretty low-key event, really. Not a lot of questions asked, but uh, I think they just felt they got the job done. I think that was uh, Steve Diamond's plan. They did the job. He's delighted Ashton's back. He's still giving out about the fact that he got a 12-week ban, plays the clerk, and admitted that they are going to play scratch teams in the next two weeks when they're playing in this Premiership Cup rather than the Premiership and he said then they'll load up for the next last Premiership Cup game but he said it's um, time to rest a few people Well I think his time out was unjust firstly and I think um, he's been frustrated and players like Chris you know like these two lads sat above me here, uh, next to me here, can make a difference and I think you know he, he came and had a point to prove his selection for England has been Somewhat controversial from a couple of you men. But uh, as we know, what he's like is a tremendous finisher. I think he had to push four forwards out the way to score one of his tries. So he's hungry, he's greedy, and that's how we want him. We we uh, we, we asked him to join for because uh, we want to take the club to a different level than where we've been. And, and uh, today, I think, was the first time, certainly second half, that we had our first-choice players available in most positions. And he got the, uh, the three tries that he, the team worked hard for. Yeah, I think I think first half. I think I wrote in the program notes that Connor are a good side, and some teams underestimate them, and we certainly didn't. Um, it, we, they got to us in the first half, where we 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 run out of ideas at a couple of stages, and we we just had a quick chat half time about keeping the process going of what we're doing. Run hard. I think we, Chris had scored that try where Harrison, after a turnover in D, we'd got it out wide and. And Chris went down the wing and scored, and he was just sticking to that. But I thought second half we particularly kept the ball well. We kept the pressure on in there, 22, and um, the points came as a result. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, I think some of our senior lads, as we know in this competition, we look after them, and uh, they've had eight games. Faf's not bloody stopped, I don't think. Um, but Jono's had eight hard games, so they'll get some R and R, and we, we've got a. We've got 850 kids in the pathway, and the, the best 15 of them will start next week with the with the um, addition of one or two senior lads to, to lead the direction. But we'll put we'll, we'll put ourselves on hold for two weeks. We we need to do that, and then the third week of the comp, uh, the Premiership Cup, we'll go full strength, and because then we've got Saracens away. And as long as I've been here, which is getting on nine years, we've never beat Saracens away. Uh, we've got Northampton at home and Bath away, so sit, we're still propping up the league. We're not getting carried away with this two wins in the in the second competition in in Europe, but we uh, we know we've got a job to do in the league, and that's what we're we'll be focusing on from tonight. 
All right, we're back here in the AJ Bell Stadium and a little plane is flying overhead. There's a small little airport nearby and we saw them going in and out this morning. They're still going in and out now. There's a big motorway in, over the back of that stand as well. Lovely little setting. Not yeah, a, it's called the City Airport. It's called the City Airport and it's anything but. Yeah, absolutely. The Village Airport. Right, I have to ask you this, uh, perspective pool, we kind of touched on a little bit in the post-game uh, commentary, but yeah, you're, you and I were trying to work it out there. I was suggesting maybe four wins, first of all, but I think you're right. I think it's going to have to be five wins, even to be a best runner-up in this competition um, to get to a quarter-final. It's a big ass. It's tough and ass to get to a Challenge Cup quarter-final as you could get, really, in the pools. Yeah, yeah, I certainly don't think we're going to get a home quarter-final. Um, I think that's that's almost definitely out of the question at this stage. Um, and then you're looking at what, what we do next and you know we really I think today proved we don't have the deepest of squads um, when the pressure came on and uh, you know Faf de Klerk decided he was going to be a world class player you know with, with a pack of forwards doing enough for him to get enough front football when, where they changed their game plan they lost Jakob van, or Johan van Rensburg but 15 minutes into the into the game and it seemed to change they didn't figure out what they were going to do until half time uh, got the score just before halftime, which gave them the boost. And then after, the, when in the second half, decided they were just going to keep running at Connacht. They were going to hold on to the ball. And Connacht struggled to deal with it. Dave, let's take that. Squad depth, that's going to be the big story from this. Yeah, your thoughts on what we learned today? Um, there's a lot of players out there who... I think if we'd had if we'd picked our first choice 15, we'd have beaten. Simple as. I didn't think they were... I think they, from, from nine out, from one to nine, they were better. From ten to, to from ten to fifteen, they weren't anything too spectacular. Yes, they had Ashton, but all the all, every, all Ashton get on the end of hard work done by the forwards and Faf de Clark. It was absolutely superb. I think if we put out our first fifteen, we, we could certainly we certainly wouldn't have been th- twenty one points down. But in terms of squad depth, Con Fitzgerald will learn an awful lot from today. He'll learn what he'll learn he'll learn as much from things he did wrong as he thinks he did right. I mean, he has confidence. You don't make a break like that in the first 30 seconds, 30 seconds you don't have confidence but I wonder if we have depth in the wrong places I'm not sure if there are certain places where we don't have squad depth and I don't know if we've learned more about where players can't, can't play as much as where they can play over the last couple of weeks Lindy what do you think of Conor Fitzgerald's performance today? I thought he did very well for a youngster who'd only just come into his first match mm. and sort of match like this you know a highly competitive European match against against what is a premiership side with, with you know quite a few internationals in, in, in the team I thought he did very well he started very well his kicking was good um, out of hand and um, in fact he actually he was the he drew, basically drew the first penalty with that brilliant break that he produced and I thought he played with confidence I think possibly in the second half maybe in the face of of sales you know continued onslaught particularly from their pack that maybe mentally he may have got perhaps tired but that's understandable for a, for a young fella who you know hasn't been in that situation before Alan what do you think of Colum de Butler's performance today? I thought defensively he was tremendous he got himself into really good position saved at least two tries that I could I could see um, very strong in the tackle covered the ground very well if the ball was kicked in behind him did um, did incredibly well to get himself back into position especially back at, down here against saved a try down uh, in the left hand corner in the second half um, with some superb covering so I thought yeah he read the game well seems to know his way around the rugby field and um, was quite impressive William did some sort of complex element that comes into how a team is picked that when you try two young players like that if you just analyse their performance they didn't take away from Connick's performance today they did okay but sometimes you make those changes and some of the guys you had to have on the bench and it does affect the overall that seems to probably be what we're talking about here because you're not going to pick out any of the new guys and say they cost Connick 
No, absolutely not. I think the second half performance cost Connacht. Andy Friend was... I think he was disappointed that they their concentration went when a couple of decisions didn't go their way, which uh, frustrated him. And he said Sale deserved to win because they were way better in the second half. After Clerk showed how good a player he is. Steve Diamond said in his interview, an interesting thing, he said in the first half, he said we ran out of ideas and we, I don't know if he said panicked, but he said we, were, we weren't doing very well with what we were trying. And then they got that try just before half. I think that settled their nerves. And in the second half, when they turned the screw, Connick didn't have the answers. Um, and they didn't have the bench to come on and fix the problems either. More on squad depth in a minute when we get to the bench. Stick with the game. Key turning point. You're in next on this, Alan. But Dave, first of all, Connick make a big turnover in defence. Can someone remind me what the score was at that point when Connick got the turnover, ball went back to Tierney O'Halloran? It was still 13 all at that point. So that was a huge moment because it looked, the try was inevitable. The turning point was actually 30 seconds before that. They had truck and trailer. They had clearly truck and trailer. They're, 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 they're mauled, split in two. And what happened was the guy with the ball had one lad directly in front of him and he stood in front of it. And I think that's where we switched off because it was clear it was, it was clear truck and trailer and we switched off and we allowed him to momentum. We didn't get the penalty and we never switched on again afterwards. But they did get the ball back. I know. And, and, yeah, then, that, yeah, and yeah. then the dreadful well, mistake. I mean, I mean, yeah, but I, would, I, would, I think Dave felt that it should never have come to that. There's no excuse in that excuse. It wasn't the worst pass in the world. Um, it was a bit low, yes, but there's no excuse for that. It's, 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 and I think Tiernan will know that himself and then it was just a case of a very big man running over a very small man you, there's no way you're stopping just Bowman from five metres out no. that's, that's fair enough but long before that uh, when you get a big turnover like that you've got to see it through in a 13 all situation you do and, and they'd, they'd you know, survived seven or eight minutes of, of a pounding and you could see that, that the, the ideas that had started so well or the way Sale had started so well in the in the second half were start, they were starting to get frustrated they were starting to run out of ideas again I think we, that the ball gets cleared um, you know safely down the field to the 22 and I think Connick would have survived Lindley uh, you know it's, it was a 14 point deficit when Horowitz came on mixed bag for Horowitz he's obviously easing his way back in but that break was pretty special O'Halloran possibly unlucky not to get in possibly needed that extra little burst of pace to get over the line but the turnover or you know on the next phase an intercept that's cruel stuff really he goes down the other end of the field and then suddenly boils in the sin bin and sooner soon after that they had their bonus point try yeah, I thought Horvitz did well when he came on I haven't did seen it? him play before I thought yeah, yeah. yeah he had a nice few nice little touches um, nice little break I think had Turnan been able to score that try I think you know it it, it it would have meant Connacht were still in the game. And, and interestingly enough, I did ask Andy Friend that particular question, and he said even if even without having scored it, he still thought Connacht were in the game at that point. He still believed that they could win it. Paul Boyle's Sinbin, I think, was probably a massive turning point. Boyle showed some amazing pace there, apropos of nothing really, but it's, it, well, it's of something, it's worth remembering. I mean, he, how he closed that gap, I don't know, but unfortunately, by the time he got to the barrier, he just kicked ahead and it was a, a very late tackle and he deserved his yellow card. Just back on Horwitz, just you mentioned in the commentary, because we saw a big tackle from him as well. There were some good moments, but you still think he's a bit raw in terms of where his fitness is? Oh, I think so. I mean, he's hardly played any rugby. Uh, so they're going to have to, and it's hard. Where do you, where do you get him rugby? Because... You, you go to uh, you know Ospreys next week, so Jack Hardy comes back in. Do you put him on the bench? Does he get a few minutes there? They've just got to keep working on his fitness and getting him. It's game time. It's game decision making. He knocked a ball on. He made a very big tackle. He's only played. He's only played. What did he play last week? He played sixty minutes and he played twenty minutes today. So that was for the Eagles. 
reminder then, Alan, Finley Beelham, Jared Butler, Quinn Rue, Kieran Marmion, Bundy Aki, that's a lot of talent to come back in. Uh, Sean O'Brien. Sean O'Brien will be a, a, another huge one, I think. Um, Colby Fenga is, is getting himself around the field, but he's getting bullied off the ball very easily. I think he hasn't quite come to grips with the sheer physicality of the game up here. Um, he's putting himself in really good spots, and it's just going to take a little bit more from him to... What would coming to grips look like there? Is it like because he's physical himself? Like so, what is it? Is it a technical thing, or or is the game not as physical? Do you think that you would have been playing down the southern hemisphere? Uh, no, I think it's it's a different type of physicality in the southern hemisphere. It's more about speed, whereas up here it's more about power. Um, so like he's getting himself into into a position and then getting blown off the ball, or he wasn't able to blow people off the ball as we saw late in the in the second half, where it would have made a difference when I think uh, Copeland had made a good break and went to ground and Colby was there to clean out and didn't clean out. I hope that's helping everyone get a little bit of a better picture of what's coming in terms of the players to come back in. I want to just finish on squad depth and then finish this podcast. The bench, the pack, I'll start with you on this, William. Uh, you know, we were talking about Conan O'Donnell switching him to tight end. Matthew Burke not doing too badly after a good few games in the Eagles. Actually doing better than that. Doing very well. Acquitting himself well on a big debut. Um, that's encouraging because we, you and I were in Edinburgh and we saw what happens when, you don't, when you're not ready to replace your front row. It can really turn against you. Oh yeah, it's uh, it's vital, and players have got to start somewhere. This could be like we could be talking what they've learned today. Could be two years down the line. We were like those days. That's where they learn. Yep, that's where you've got to start. And you, and play, you know, coaches have they see players in training. Some players train better than others. Some players look good in training. You put them on a pitch, they get they just don't get there. So it's important to get these sort of games done. It's very hard to find spaces for them. I mean, the Pro Fourteen is a competitive league, the, the, the way it's set up this year for Connacht, there's a lot of hard games, so you can sort of just take punts in those sort of games. Um, so but if I had told you at the start of the season that our front row later on against Sale would be Matthew Burke, obviously Tom McCartney, and Conan O'Donnell in a switch position, the tight edge, you would have been thinking, God, we're in real trouble, and we finished the game pretty well. Yes, you would. And that's no, no, no reflection on them, it's just on what, you, what you've seen and what you've heard, but I think they've done okay. Um, Joe Maximew came on, we, what do you think of Maximu? We would like to know he's a big lad. I think he's a big lad, and I think he has a lot to learn. I think he's, you know, even getting around the pitch and, and working out where he is. But I think he has some potential. They obviously feel he does. Um, so it's, you know, it's coming together. But they aren't going to have much time to examine this game. They've got a six-day turnaround for a massive game. They look at this. They'll analyse it and then they'll just park this competition until uh, December. They won't think about this again now until they've until they're on. I think coming back on the plane from South Africa, that'll be when they start thinking. Right, Perpignan at home next Saturday, uh, and then they got to go to Perpignan. And realistically, you need ten out of ten there. You got to get two bonus point wins. That's because everybody else have sale have gone there and Bordeaux will go there and get five points. So Connacht have got to max that. All right, that's this. That's it for the Challenge Cup. There's no point of overanalyzing anymore. We've kind of touched a little bit on, you know, the decision to rest players and, and move them around. The Ospreys preview is coming during the week. I do want to quickly finish on that and then get to any other business. So where we stand now, are we? Have we lost ground after such a good couple of weeks? How big is this Ospreys game? I'll give you the. Have we lost ground? No. No. no Let we me. Lost ground. We haven't lost ground because I mean, you lose ground if you lose ground if you get hammerings and you lose players to injuries and you, you are, have no choice but to play the young lads we had a choice we played the young lads we got one victory and we got one we got one we got one and a half good games 
uh, we did in the second half, forget about it, done. But they will have learned, as I say, they will have learned as much from that as the other. Have we gone backwards? No, because we've given guys rest. Jack gets a rest. Bundy gets a rest. Marmo, unfortunately, gets a rest, but not the way he wants. Sean O'Brien's got a rest. King Keller gets a rest. Guys have not been flogged to death. And I think this is where the big issue This is why the competition that Sailor are going to sacrifice is this Premiership Cup, because he needs the rest players. That, he, Steve Diamond said that that was the first time he had 1 to 15 of his best players in the positions at the start of any game this season. That, I mean, that's a trend. And we, we held them to, we had, we're level at halftime and should actually have been in front. So, no, we haven't gone backwards. Okay, uh, Ospreys, Lindley, this, the way the conference works, Connacht have three big rivals for Champions Cup Rugby. One is Debra. They seem to be falling away a little bit this season, but beat Connacht twice last year, so that's a good start. They can finish ahead of them. Cardiff and the Ospreys. One of those are coming up next week, the Ospreys. It's a big game, is what I'm getting at. I'm building it up. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> yeah, what do you want me to add to that? Ospreys, well, look, it's another one of those games that you have to win away. Simple as that. You know. Yeah. I mean, but if they do win it, it's going to be a major statement in terms of their push for the top uh, top but six. They need, but Connacht now need to make that statement in their push for the top. You know, we know the positives about this game, if you're looking at positives, about that Andy Friend has now introduced a number of youngsters and people coming back from injury, etc., etc., into the mix. He's expanding the squad, which is he's going to need in the future. Those players, those play, impressive young players, are going to see some more squad time, I would imagine. Maybe not next week. It just now means that he can actually bring his first team next week to the Ospreys and basically, you know, talk about making statements. And when he, Andy Friend talked about sale making a statement with the team that they took to Perpignan, he needs to make a statement when he takes that team to Ospreys. And he needs to have Ospreys fearing that oh my god look at this team that's coming over here they just need to win any other business because I think Lindy has just uh, rounded that off nicely five of us have to get into a Corsa because we're giving Dave a lift to the airport that's lovely even though I'm not going to the airport um, yeah, it's, it's just the best way for you to get back uh, well, another thing about the AJ is it is not handy for central Manchester it's very very not handy for central Manchester it's a nice cook. it's a nice cookie cutter stadium I don't think it's I'm sure that the fans made a good noise it's uh like I say, it has an interesting aroma at six o'clock in the evening, but uh, I I know Colin may have looked at the stadium. I just find it a bit, mm, it's a bit bland. Back in back in the pub there, I can hear the fuse of Rat and Rye ringing up. That's why I just enjoy those boys. No, I better go home. Enjoy them. Not a night here. We have to get back to the airport. We do. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. He's, he's watching. The producer is watching the watch. I think this is a really nice stadium, actually. It's very close to. It's very close to the pitch. Um, I think it, it's got a lovely view of a nice bridge going over there. A lovely nice. blue sky. Terrace is behind the goal. Yep. Yeah, lovely um, evening. And just remember, the Connor Stadium isn't going to have all this these seats no. in its ground floor. It's going to be standing. So it's going to be. It's going to. It then, yeah. So it's going to be quite different. Hope we have a better big screen. Yeah, it's a very. It's not very big. No, that's smaller than our big screen. When it was our big screen was a small screen. All right, my, my any other business is a one-liner. Matthew Burke from Ballinroe made a debut. We're very proud. So I just want to put it in there because probably didn't make the podcast from our commentary, but I want to reiterate a load of Ballinroe rugby people over, and they're very proud. Anyone else? Uh, if you're in Galway on Tuesday from 3 p.m. to 9 p.m. at the Connacht Hotel, come and look at the design and what Connacht have in mind and talk to people and criticise it or praise it or do whatever, but you actually have a proper look at the facility uh, that they have in mind. Talk to the engineers, talk to the architects. They're all going to be there. They'll answer your questions, I'm told. And great opportunity to actually see, because 
at the moment I'm not quite sure what's in mind. You see a few drawings, we'll see some models and I smell a podcast segment. Yeah. On that bobshell. Oh, there's another plane coming into land. Yes, city airport, two seater planes, whatever way you want to call it. We gotta go. Airport. And food. Are we getting food? You have food producer lined up, do you? Uh we'll see. <laughs> that is definitely a no. Loose, cut it loose. Break out or nothing changes. Sad and confused. Don't wait until.